0: What the hell? Um
1: What the hell, she says.
0: What the hell? What the hell? Okay. Welcome to the future is female powerlifting. A show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60 kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or a message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends. Welcome back. We are on episode 95 and I'm bringing back my favorite, wonderful, I feel like me. You know, if Dr. Caitlin and I were together, we'd be hanging out all the time. Um, she's a wonderful human being who has a wealth of knowledge that I'm really happy that we get to share with you all today because she and I really try to think of what are some things that we can talk about that are going to really help you all level up your training, recover faster and just be stronger, right? Like how can we perform optimally? And there are some big things that we talk about here today um, that I feel are really going to nail how you could be holding yourself back from your next PR. And the three things plus a bonus that we're going to be going over today is understanding mobility versus flexibility. What are we thinking about when we think of demands That you impose on your mobility and really do you have the capacity to do that? You know, like, are you really that mobile pretty much? (laughs) Not listening to your body, like when you should rest more and you don't know it. Uh, What are some things that you should be listening for when your body is telling you something? Less is more. And we kind of talk about what that means and some examples of how less is more has not only helped people still progress, Uh, and hit PRs, but how you can feel great doing them. And then bonus, we talk a little bit about what we call referred pain. And if you're not familiar, gosh, my voice today, if you're not familiar with what referred pain is, we go into why pain might not always be where you think it is or what you think it is. And we kind of dive deep into that. And I think, you know, that's a really good one for all of us to know, because we give examples of where I myself for years um, and still do, I mean, you know, we look at the actual site for pain. So if it's your hip hurting, it's got to be something wrong with your hip, right? So we kind of go into why it might not be something from your hip um, and how to know those things and what to do if you think like, all right, I've tried, I've tried everything. What now? And this episode is brought to you by my gym core strength and performance where we live through strength and if you are interested in training and really working with somebody who capitalizes on these training concepts uh, we really try to help each and every one of our online people progress, feel good through it, adjust their lifestyle, because that's a big one. I have people all I mean, I have a professor right now. I have somebody who is in the medical field. Um, I have people that work second shift and third shift, like all kind of crazy stuff. So just keep in mind that working with us is going to be something where we really try to make it work for you. And two things before we get it started. If you need any help with your pain, uh, and you want to work with Dr. Caitlin Wells Beyond Physical Therapy PT.com or you can reach out to her on Instagram. I just want to put that out there. And if y'all are listening for the first time, please leave us a review if you like this episode. And if you like things like this, if you like hearing about recovery tips, if you like these things, you know, send me a DM. Tag me in a picture you might be taking of this episode. Just take a snapshot, and I will post it on my story. I love hearing how the episodes can help you. Um, And if you want to hear more stuff like this, please go ahead and leave us a review and talk about it. I think it's really helpful for us to know what are the things that are going to help you most uh, conquer the day. Now, let's get it started with Dr. Wells.
1: If your husband
0: doesn't (laughs) stop posting
1: all this food. Who? Who? your husband right isn't that your husband that posts all the food all the food i'm like
0: damn dude yeah what the hell i cannot drop down to 140 again like i usually sit at 141 and i'm at 152 Mm -hmm. right now and i have been for over a year (laughs) and i'm like this is very hard because it's just i just can't eat like him like he i mean i'll eat like him that's a problem (laughs) But I, you know, it's like he uses a lot more fat and I can't, you know, like it just sucks. But it's so good. I'm not even tripping. I'm staying in the 148 class anyway. So I'm like, okay, I am pretty excited today to talk. And we've, I love that we can uh, connect on things, all pain and injury based. And I think that uh, so many people still, you know, I think that if you are powerlifting, uh, you're going to have some sort of ache or pain. At some point, right? And it's like, what's some of the things that we can do to make sure that we are still progressing in our lifts and PRs and things like that that are uh our own behaviors are not holding us back. So I got Dr. Caitlin with us today talking about three things that are gonna be holding you back. I'll say three or four, because we might we might dabble on some other topics here, but a few yeah. things that may be holding you back from progressing in your lifts and hitting that next PR, right? um thank you yeah. how are you doing this morning
1: i am so good uh i'm super stoked to be on this podcast again with you yeah. because you know like i mentioned uh you a message when was that i was just like dude who knew that this would be such a cool thing yeah totally um, so yeah no like i love i love doing podcasts and like love hopping on and especially with somebody like you who you know, has a, has a good head about him, like with the sport and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm I feel super the same. stoked.
0: I feel the same. It's nice yeah. to have a, uh, and you know, like I, I want to be able to reach out to other women too, you know, women who are doing things in the sport because sometimes they don't get highlighted, but they have a lot to offer like yourself. So, um, I did want to start off with numero uno. Yes. Numero uno is mobility. And maybe you can talk yeah. a little bit about why you think, mobility or explain us a little bit more about mobility like what is it and what do we need and how much do we need
1: yeah so i feel like a lot of times mobility is confused with flexibility mm-hmm. um for me i'm not i'm not huge on stretching like i honestly i don't know when the last time i actually stretched was <laughs> um but i do mobility work and the difference is like flexibility i think of more as like trying to get like muscles lengthened and you know like stuff like that whereas mobility I feel like it's the ability to not only get into a certain position like with the joints and things like that but also to like have control and have strength in those ends in ranges of motion. So for me mobility is super important. Um and it's more so you know just looking at how the joint moves versus like how flexible your muscle is. Um, that's kind of my go-to way to explain it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think no matter what your sport is, whether it's powerlifting, strongman, bodybuilding, uh, Olympic weightlifting, you know, I think mobility is something that is like pretty overlooked. Um, sometimes you'll see people like spend hours on it right in a day and they're just like, going crazy with it. And then other times people have no idea what the heck mobility even means or, you know, like why it's important. So I think there's kind of a happy medium. Um, but it's definitely something that I look at and I utilize a lot with my rehabs or, you know, my my training programs or things like that. So if we're talking about the squat, you know, to get to full depth on a squat, you know, for it to like be counted as a successful lift, like you have to be able to get down fairly low. You have to break parallel. Um, and even in that bottom position of the squat, like a lot of times people are like, you know, they'll think, okay, my hips, my hips have to do this. My knees have to do this. And I feel like that's kind of the extent of where people like think of, like whenever it comes to the mobility, but there's so much more. You have to look not only at the hips, the knees, you have to look at the ankles. Are the ankles allowing you to, like, allow your knee to track forward, which is safe, by the way. I'm just going to say yeah. that real quick. <laughs> um, your you knees think
0: track that's not, like a norm, like people would know that by now. But I'm sure you, because you interact with tons of, and I'm using quotes here, regular people, um, as I do, people still try to keep their knee behind their toe. And it's like, mm-hmm. they have not heard what we think is common knowledge by now. Yeah. It,
1: I mean, it's the same thing with rice, right? Like right. the rest ice company, like, that is such a, a common thing for people to just like pull out when they have an injury, but it's like the guy that even invented that kind of came back and said, ah, like that doesn't actually work the way we thought it did. So, um, but yeah, I mean, knees going over the toes is completely safe there's a ton of research out there. Um, if you're research nerds, like we are, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you have to look at the ankles, the thoracic spine. So like that mid back, you want to make sure that that has enough mobility to like be able to, you know, allow you to get into a proper position. And then something that I think is hugely overlooked is the shoulders. The shoulder actually dictates a lot of you know like bar position um i've seen people who have limited motion on one side and not the other so the bar sets kind of cattywampus or you know a little mm-hmm. crooked on their back and then they'll get like a hip shift or they'll do something funky or like that leg will collapse it or whatever it is like the shoulders are just as important as like the hips or the knees in the squat and it's just so hugely overlooked um And so really just, you know, taking a look at the squat, taking a look, I call them like little breakouts, um, but like being able to say, Hey, does my shoulder move in a way that is going to help me get like the best squat? Um, and so that, that motion right there is external rotation. So can I externally rotate my shoulder enough to be able to generate enough tension to keep that bar on my back the way I want it to? And like continue to keep that there as i'm going up and down on the squat um so i think that that's something that is definitely overlooked but hugely important and i see a lot of people come to me they'll have aches and pains in one part of their body um so for example i had a guy who had back pain and he's like man i've done everything that i can think of back pain wise like i've done all these exercises." I've done, you know, I've checked my hip flexors. I've checked my, I've done like glute bridges. I've done back extensions. I've done all these things. I've done core strength. I've done bird dogs, whatever. And I'm like, well, let's, let's just do an assessment. Let's see what's going on, you know, and we'll kind of see what we can come up with. And so we got into the assessment and his hip mobility was just kind of garbage, um, And I
0: feel attacked. We're
1: going to have internal rotations. Like
0: it's 4%. It's like, it's awful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what
1: happened with this guy. Oh, okay. So yeah, no. So you are going to feel attacked. It's fine. Um, but he just didn't have very much internal rotation. And that's hugely important when you're at the bottom of the squat, like coming back up out of it. And so, so if you,
0: if you lack the internal rotation, what, what happens that leads to the pain in that case for the back? Yeah.
1: So yeah, he was like compensating. There's something on his form that you're like, Ooh, like that, that looks different. Um, and so he was compensating and like really using a lot of his low back to compensate for the fact that he couldn't like get down into the bottom of the squat. Mm. Um, I see this with deadlifts and things like that too, where it's like, you just don't have that motion. And so something else has to give in order to make that movement actually happen. Totally, You know, so it looks like he was hitting depth. He was hitting depth, but it wasn't in the way that we liked. And so his back was just taking kind of a beating yeah. um, and just being overworked. And so once we opened up his hips, game over. He was ready to go. Wow.
0: So, um, yeah. That's a great, you know, and uh, speaking about being attacked, one of, um, I think <laughs> last time we spoke, I was talking about a few of my lifters and they, and they, <laughs> she saw me the next day. She was like, I just want you to know, I feel personally attacked um, by what you said, because I know you were talking about <laughs> us. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to use her as an example again, Susie, um, because actually she and I just yesterday talked about the lack in her shoulder mobility. So I had her, we were just talking to because her squat, it started from her saying that she can't scratch a certain part of her back. And I said, Mm. okay, you know, I can't either. I go, but where? But in my opinion, she should have been able to reach that part of her back. I said, hey, put that down real quick. Let me me see you actually, you know, touch back. I just want to see just some, you know, touch here, touch there. What can you touch? Nothing crazy, but I just want to see sort of internal and external rotation of that part. And it was (laughs) so far away. And um, I think with her, too, with her squat, you know, she has some uh, rounding just to get deeper. So... It was clear to me that, hey, maybe we can work on that a little bit. And her shoulder was hurting a little bit from something else. I forgot that's how everything kind of stemmed around that. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think, like, if we forget about all these things, the shoulder is so important. That's the one thing that hurts me the most if it is not able to take the load, Um And so I have to, work, you know, and these, I don't know why, but this hanging thing (laughs) has been working for me. I hang every day now still. And it's, it's helped. I mean, my shoulder still hurts when I squat, but it's not after. Like once I leave the gym, I don't have pain anymore, which I've never had before. Um, But that was holding back my squat progression for so long. I was always so scared. Like the more weight I got, I'm like, fuck, this is going to hurt for days. Like that's all I could think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now I don't. I don't think that, you know, so it's like mentally I'm able to stay where I'm at. Um, so what would you suggest for people uh, as far as mobility? Let's say that um, let's start off with shoulder. Like what are some maybe mobility things that they could do uh, if they feel some of their internal, external rotation is not very good or some of that thoracic motion is not there? What are some things that you could suggest?
1: Yeah, Um so I know it's okay, general it's kinda, speaking. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Um I don't want anybody to just like take this and run with it because mm. it, it honestly might be something that actually could make something worse, uh, you know. Okay. Um but thoracic mobility I I think that 99.9% of people could probably work on and benefit from. Um so for those we'll start there because yeah, it's a little more so pinpointed yeah um you know like open books those are kind of my go-to um just laying on the ground and literally like allowing your body to kind of rotate over and you know just get a good stretch um front rack carries mm. those are some of my go-tos uh z uh, press uh sots press um sots press is more of like a weightlifting thing probably yeah. um like more weightlifters would know about that than but. I love squats. they kind of my go
0: Yeah. Dude, it kills me. I I have a love-hate relationship with those. My freaking um, thoracic sure. is like like I just I have poor in my opinion, poor thoracic mobility. Uh, I don't really mm-hmm. challenge any kind of, you know. <laughs> it's all this. Yeah. It's all horizontal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and you know, like I I played softball um and played college softball, and so my rotation on one side is a lot better than the other way because i just i mean i took probably like two million cuts you know wow. one-sided. so um so i really try to make that a priority where i'm working on that rotation working on that extension uh you can do like anti-extension like presses with like the crossover bands or just mm. the long loopy bands um so those are kind of some of my go-tos as far as the shoulder we're about to get real messy real quick uh so bear with me, but, um, with the shoulder, you know, I mean, there are so many things around the shoulder. You have the rotator cuff, you have the external rotators as part of the cuff. You have the internal rotator. Um, you have your pec, you have your lat, you have your bicep, you have your tricep, like you have your traps, you have all these things that could be limiting you in some way. So it, for anybody that follows me, uh, you you know, like I kind of trash these online programs where it's like, Hey, like these four exercises will be the cure of your shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know that because you don't actually know like what's going on. Yeah, so Totally. Again, like I'm huge on getting an assessment, whether it's like from a rehab professional or, you know, some something I think, um, what is it? Mobility wad or something like that. Mm. They kind of do a decent job at teasing out some things um, but I really like to figure out what's going on so you know because I could have tight external rotation but who knows like what's what that's actually coming
0: from. which we will talk about um, later on too and that's part of this episode where one yeah. thing does not necessarily mean where yeah. the pain is coming from but yeah yeah I, I get what you're trying yeah. to say and I think that um, I think probably the best choice would be to see somebody to actually assess if that's what's holding you back. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think there's been a lot of times, you know, and I was very much, you know, a problem with this, where my leg was hurting or my hip was hurting. But in reality, that was not the issue at all. Um, And I went on to stretch all these things in my hip. uh, When in reality, I was just not, I had poor engagement in my pelvis. My pelvis could not Mm -hmm. move very well. And I didn't know how to control it, which led to all these issues, which I now know. But I didn't know. I had no idea back then. I didn't and I didn't have enough knowledge to even make that assessment to myself. Like what you you don't know, what you don't know, you know. Um, Right. Yeah. Okay, I dig it. Okay, so mobility. Yeah, it gets a little messy when Mm -hmm. you're talking
1: about it and like trying to figure out what's going on. Um, But if you can like kind of look at it from like a thousand foot view and like look and say, okay this is what I'm seeing like in the squat and then like just kind of teasing out, trying to like dig your way to, you know, like figuring out what exactly is going on underneath. I think that that's probably like the best way to kind of handle it. If you're going to do it on your own.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Now, another area I wanted to talk about was not listening to your body. And so what do you mean by not listening to your body?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times, um, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we hopped on, but you know, people that I talk to and the powerlifting, weightlifting, whatever strength athlete, you you know, like the community that you're part of, a lot of times people think that exercise is supposed to hurt. And honestly, like, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks in the moments. Like I freaking hate doing squats. Like I just don't, just don't like them. But, um, Like, you shouldn't have ongoing continuous pain with a certain movement, whether you're having pain like in that moment or if you're having pain like after the fact. Um, And so, a lot of times, I feel like people get stuck on this. Hey, like, I really have to do so much volume. I have to do so much intensity. I have to freaking bench like eight days a week or squat eight days a week just to build this thing. But a lot of times, like, that's not the case. I I feel like um, listening to your body and, you know, like, just figuring out what the heck's going on and really trying to get a good beat on, like, what works best for you and, and things like that. Like, I feel like um, a lot of times people will have pain. They're like, ah, this is normal. I'm just going to keep pushing through it because that's what powerlifters do. When in reality, like, you don't have to live like that. Um, and so just, you know, listening to your body. And if something hurts, figure it out. Figure out why something's going on. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of my my biggest piece of advice.
0: Yeah, I think um, one tool, like, I try to do is when i trying to listen to my body <clears throat> is I take more days in between. So a lot of my people mm-hmm. are having you know, nagging pain or whatever, instead of feeling like you have to, I have to train on Friday because that's when I train. And it's really only one or two days from your last training session. Take another day, dude. It's not going to kill you. And that's why we do a nine day cycle because I find that with most people, um, not outliers, with most people, a longer training cycle works great. And Less can be more. I have an example, uh, one of my clients who I've had for a few years, her name's is Zandra, uh, if you're listening, Zan. Uh, she's at, like an EMT. She goes to school full time. She had another job. We did training two days a week. Okay? I never put anybody on a powerlifting program that was two days a week, you know? And uh, so, of course, it was a little bit more intense for those two days. And we actually, she was still only squatting uh, once a month. It became oh wow one, well twice a month because she was doing it on both days but it wasn't frequent right so we did two full body days a week um, and I had to vary some of the things in there she still progressed she PR'd on all her lifts we were both blown away I told her I'm like hey I'm, we're gonna try this out and we're gonna see how it works but the the point of it is that more doesn't always mean more would she have been better had she had one or two more days probably right
1: mm-hmm. but.
0: When I contrast that with her actual life and all the shit she was doing, maybe not. She might have gotten injured. She probably wasn't getting enough. She wasn't getting enough sleep as it was. Like she was training at eleven mm-hmm. o'clock at night, you know. So who's to say that that would have helped her? Um, because it seemed like the minimal effective dose for her, which was two days a week, that fucking worked. <laughs> so um, yeah, I definitely think when we're talking about thinking about you know if you want to stay in it, listening to your body and making those sort of decisions, like what can I make my my program longer can i take more rest days in between uh can i minus some more days for my training can i decrease the volume or intensity um those -hmm. are definitely things that will help you in the long run to progress to that pr
1: yeah and it kind of ties back into the last podcast we did about the four tips to you know like recovery and stuff like that like if you're constantly feeling like run down and you're like, man, I just feel like crap. Like you can also take a look at those things, listen to your body and, you know, like your body's trying to tell you something. So if, if you're, you know, not recovering well enough, if you're always having aches and pains or something like that, like that's a really good time to listen to your body, take a look at those other factors and see like, if there's something that you're doing outside of the gym that can help influence how your body feels in the gym.
0: Yeah. Get more sleep numero uno. Yes. (laughs) Get (laughs) more more than six and a half hours sleep. (laughs) I feel feel like people always miss that one. Like you just can, you can sleep more and sleep more effectively. Maybe, uh, not everybody sleeps wonderfully, but
1: that can, that can be the cure
0: of a lot of things.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I feel like for whatever reason, it's like, we know how important sleep is. However, that's the first thing to get skimped out on. Like totally. when when people are like feeling, you know, super overwhelmed or something like that. And this, this is a little bit of a dig at somebody. But um, it's funny that people will prioritize watching television, let that interfere their, with their sleep and then like have to do it, the ne- you know, have to go work or something the next day. Whereas it's like sleep should be the priority. It shouldn't be the thing that gets like taken away from. So just, just another little thing. Uh, Yeah. And that's, I'm sure
0: that's a a lot of people, right? Like I think more people, uh, sacrifice their sleep for everything for TikTok for, I mean, I know I have, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I catch Mm -hmm. myself in that, in that mode. Um, and I've made a, I made a real commitment, this training cycle To step back from being on my social media as much, especially at night, uh, waking up 30 minutes earlier than I normally do so that I can meditate and read before I do all my shit. Um, And that's been super helpful. Like, I'm like, all right, you gotta, you're gonna read before you go to bed so that you're not on some sort of TikTok or something right before. And I like instantly, it's like my body knows I don't like reading as much as TikTok and it makes me tired instantly.
1: right yeah no and yeah no i i totally agree um something to kind of backtrack on the listening to your body and you kind of mentioned it like with your nine day and train, training cycles i'll have people who um kind of going back to like the shoulder and the squat i'll have people who have shoulder pain and i think it's coming from bench because i mean that seems kind of obvious right like yeah i'm benching my shoulder hurts It's obviously an upper body movement, but I've had some of my mentors who have kind of found the same thing. I've had people who I've evaluated. I'm like, okay, we got to take a look at your program because like nothing is structurally really going on. We got to see what's flaring this up. And if you have, if you have your program set up where it's like squat bench, day off, whatever, the the stress and strain that you put on your body during that squat, especially if you don't have the shoulder mobility, it can bleed over into that bench day. So that hey, it looks like it's coming from bench, but really it's just coming from squat. Totally. So in those instances, we either try to separate. Like if doing like a low bar back squat, comp squat is super important for you know that cycle. Um, we'll just try to spread those out where it's like bench isn't being affected by the squat, or if we're far enough out from like a comp then we just do a safety bar squat as the squat variation and then we work on like the shoulder mobility as we need to and then hey it's weird but the bench feels better right you're able to push a little bit more on that so um that's something to pay attention to as well you know whenever you're trying to listen to your body and and kind of look at it from like this thousand foot views hey you know like this is going on but this might not actually be the cause of it
0: yeah totally agree um now number three less yes is more <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, yeah and this and this is we're talking about less is more with a lot of things kind of like what we just talked about with Sandra, uh and maybe but not you, sleep but not sleep <laughs> yeah more is more with sleep um yes gosh i I can't even remember. Well, Sundays I get a good amount of, of sleep, but, uh, my daily is seven. I try to get seven and a half. Um, but sometimes I don't get it. I, I'm pretty consistently over seven, but never eight and never quite mm-hmm. seven thirty. but I digress. So, um, what do you mean by less is more?
1: Yeah. So, um, I've had lifters come to me and kind of piggybacking off of what we talked about with the listening to your body, you know, you'll see all these articles out there where it's like you have to hit like three squat days a week you have to have the primary secondary tertiary or you might have to hit like 20 sets of something to like make maximal gains or whatever it is and honestly i call bullshit because kind of like what you're talking about with your client you found that two days works best for her and it's what she can sustain it's what is going to keep her healthy and in the gym progressing. Yeah. And she did. She hit new PRs. So for me, lifters have kind of this <clears throat> this cup, you know, if we're tying it back to like the recovery episode we did. Um you have like a, a certain amount of capacity to handle training. And sometimes different body parts, different movements, different whatever you might not have as much capacity in those areas. So for me, I don't, I don't try to get stuck in, Hey, we have to hit X amount of sets for this to like really just take off for you. Um, if, you know, if block to block, somebody's having a problem with like knee pain in the squats or hip pain or whatever in the squat, then I'll look at it and say, okay, last week or last block, we did like 20 working sets throughout the whole week. Okay, cool. We know. With the intensity, with the volume, with the frequency, something's not driving. So then we take a step back. Okay, so doing 20, let's do 16. Let's see what happens. You know, 16 total working sets across like two or three days, probably three, whatever. Um, and that's including back offs, not top sets. That would be crazy. Um,
0: just going to. This leads sense. to that problem of, of uh, less is more. <laughs>
1: yes. So we'll be like, okay, cool. Uh how did you feel this block compared to last block? We kept everything else the same. We just changed the amount of squats that you're doing. Wow, I feel a little bit better actually, you know, and so it's like, okay, if that works, let's let's pull it back even farther. Let's drop to like 10 working sets. You know, that's not we'll warm up, we'll hit a couple sets, we'll be done. Um, so we do that. We go through that. Okay, how do you feel? Man, I feel so strong, my knee feels better. I'm able to like get under the bar confidently and crush this weight. Okay, cool. Let's run that for, you know, a couple blocks. Okay, so we do 10 sets or whatever. And we see, hey, the amount of changes or like the increase in strength and the, the old numbers that we were lifting at, they don't even compare to like the new numbers, right? And it's because one, you didn't try to force something that you weren't ready for or that your body couldn't handle. And then uh, we were like able to confidently stay under the bar. We didn't have to like keep pulling back because you know the knee was really bad that day or something like that. And so we could make more sustainable change and more sustainable growth instead of you know trying to fit the mold and try to fit a square peg into a round hole. You know like totally. I feel like everybody's so individualized, and a lot of times you don't actually need that much volume to like make huge changes.
0: Totally. I think that people, you know, there is a minimal effective dose for people and it's individual. And, uh, what that means is that everybody will have a minimum amount that they need to actually elicit some sort of progress. And it's different for different reasons, because there's so many factors that could, uh, determine why that would be different for everybody. And I think, you know, when we, when we look at volume and we look at the research I, which I have not looked at the research, really, really, but most of the research, when it's conducted, it's on you know college age men who have no aches and pains, uh, they have nothing else going on. They're you know, it's a small uh, group of people who uh, pretty much are all kind of the same people, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they don't have kids, they don't have like all these other factors. They don't normally have injuries. they're usually healthy individuals. And so they're able to determine what volume and intensity and things like that. And that's a maximum amount, but that, you know, that's not really thinking about the individual's life. Um, and that's, that's a perfect example of why less can be more. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I feel like, you know, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's like, if I do three sets and I get better, what, what if I did five, like, The reasoning makes sense where you'd want to do more, but you have to listen to your body. You have to, you have to understand that there's something going on at a much deeper level within your body where it's like, okay, you can try to do more, but will your body recover from that? And will your body be able to handle that? Or is it, you know, is it something where I don't want to call out this program, but if you're squatting five days a week with like stupid volume, like, maybe your body's not ready to handle that and oh, that's okay for sure. So just knowing that like, Hey, you're not everybody else. Like you're unique. You have a unique threshold and you know, don't always just assume that by doing more, you're actually doing more. You yeah. can do less and get more benefit.
0: Yeah. And I think you should look at those signs and really think about, okay, are you getting injured often? I did have somebody who before they were with me, uh, they had, uh, they were on uh, Shaco, one of the, you know, I was it Shaco's? And it, they were very beginner. They shouldn't have been on this program. Uh, and they were always injured, but they didn't know. You know, they had no idea. They were following along with their boyfriend who was doing the planning for them. Uh, and I think they intuitively knew something wasn't right, but not realizing that they were just doing too much for somebody who had a very minimal training age, very low amount of hypertrophy or any kind of muscle, you know, and and those demands are really high. Um, And, of course, now it's like you back them off, and, of course, they made tons of gains. So I think listening to your body with your aches and pains, how tired you are, like I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit more right now for this training block than I normally am. Uh, So I'm willing to kind of push myself a little bit more Training-wise, I think sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to be exhausted for the rest of the day. Like, this will fucking mm-hmm. make me feel exhausted for hours. And then I can't do anything. You know, I'm sitting there like a fucking zombie just trying to, like, <laughs> get it together. And I'm like, oh, I got to I gotta take the kids to jiu-jitsu. And then I got to coach. And then I got to make dinner, you know. Um, but this training cycle, I've been willing to sacrifice it a little bit more. So I am listening to my body. But I know, okay, I'm going to push that a little bit. And I'm okay with that. Um,
1: yeah, but... In the same regard, you're also, like you mentioned, hey, I'm trying to get more sleep. I'm trying to hit yes. at least seven and a half hours. Um, I'm resting a little bit more on Sundays. You have those days off. Like, um, I know you're eating plenty. We talked about that before because <laughs> your husband makes the best looking food I've ever seen. Yeah, so if you guys are um, listening,
0: follow my husband's uh, Instagram. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's a really so bad name, he, too, by the way. It's Devenia and caca, okay? Like, if you're Spanish, caca means crap. It means shit. Okay? But he, my daughter, when she was small, she couldn't say Danica. She would say caca, caca. And it would make him laugh so hard. He's like, yeah, caca. So he was making food with her initially. So it was Devin and caca. Sorry. I oh, just bad. had to say that. <laughs> no. No. You're totally fine. I love that. But you're um, right because, like, right now yeah. I'm forcing – water, which is your favorite thing to drink all the time. (laughs) I just drink coffee all day. I I know. Right. But I'm forcing myself to get this. This is 30, 64 ounces before I train later on. And I have my electrolytes in there. Uh, I will have a meal here in about 20 minutes. So that by the time I get to the gym, like I'm paying way more attention to those things right now because I know I'm pushing myself. And I, I, I haven't done that in years where I really think really far ahead because I want to feel as good as possible because I am pushing myself.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's almost like the, the sexy thing these days to like, Hey, I'm going to go out and like, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind. I'm going to run myself into the ground. But you know, if for you, I'm going to actually put this on you. So I'm going to be the interviewee or interviewer. Um, (laughs) How do you feel like all the other aspects of your life are like with business, with your clients, with your husband, with your kids? Like, do you feel like you're giving them the exact same amount that you were before this training block?
0: No, no, I yeah. think I think I'm keeping up in certain areas, but no, for sure, because I'm taking longer in training. Right. So there's Mm -hmm. less time that I'm either spending with my husband at lunchtime or um, I have to sacrifice an hour here and there where I'm normally with the family because I couldn't get it in earlier because I Mm -hmm. was so tired I couldn't get in the other work. Right. So then I have to do my business stuff and I'll sacrifice and move certain things out. But no. Yeah. I definitely know that it's going to take some sacrifice. And and I'm willing to put that right now. um, But normally... If number one value family is not met to my standard, then I don't I don't fuck with nothing else. Like, okay, training's yeah. important, all that, but if number one family I don't feel is where it's supposed to be, which is these great touch points with my kids, having things we do at least once a week uh, where I can sit and have conversation. If, if those aren't being met because of however I feel or whatever, or I am too busy, then all the other shit needs to be like it's not that important to me. So I need to reevaluate that
1: right and all that to say you know like there are seasons of your life where you have prepped for this season of your life to yeah. really push it hard in the weight room whereas a lot of people think that this is how it's supposed to be every single day that they walk into the gym yeah but it's really not like you have these periods of time where it's like okay I know that I can really push here or you know even even if you have any like business people on your like listening to your podcast like There are times that you're going to go through a sprint and there are times that you're like at a marathon pace and that's fine. It's the same thing with lifting. There are times that, hey, like I am going to be 10 out of 10 freaking focus on this. This is important to me. But just know, hey, I might to like maximize family time, which you said is important to you you might not spend as much time with your, your friends. You might not spend as much time on TikTok. You might not spend as much time in the business trying to grow it or things like that. Exactly. Um, And so just realizing, listening to your body, knowing what's important to you, like you can kind of reevaluate, you know, the important things and make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can do it or so that you can like have longevity here and, you know, not risk an injury as you're trying to push and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like right now I'm four days a week training, off season I'm three like I tell my coach like hey I need three because then that's where I'm stepping back more and I'm focusing more on other things uh that are important to me but yeah that's less is more for me then I'm such an advocate for that I think people want to have more of a lot of stuff that really are not valued uh or not what they think the outcome will be and okay so this is our bonus. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to call this. Um, I think we're going to say pain is not where you think it is or pain is not necessarily what you think it is. And maybe you can kind of go into what is referred pain, which is what we're talking about right now and how, you know, maybe you have referred pain or not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um Wow. We're just going to end on a super strong note here. (laughs) Um, So it kind of goes back to the first example that I had with a mobility, right. With a guy who had back pain. Um, He tried all the things, but then we, we found out that it was actually coming from his hip. Um, So a lot of times our body is so good at compensating. Um, And so if if one area is weaker, if you're not able to get into a, a position that you need to for a certain lift, your body will come up with that somewhere else. Yeah, um, and so you know, knowing hey, the source of pain or the the pain that I'm feeling, say it's in your back, uh, it might not be coming from the back. It could literally be coming from you're doing something with your shoulders on the back squat. You're doing something in your setup. You're doing something you know, something's going on with your knees, you're not able to like push as much with one side, whatever it is, you have to get to the root of the issue. And that's something that I like hugely fond of. Like I just, I could just talk about finding the root all day. Um, but it, I mean, it's, it's so beneficial and so important to, to find the underlying cause because, you know, like you said, where you're feeling pain might not be the source of the pain. Um, so really just trying to uncover all the layers, see what's going on like underneath the surface, um, and just kind of figuring it out from there. If you know, if you're like, oh man, I have like pain in my right glute and you've done everything that you can think of, you know, uh, even though I'm not super so fond of it, like the dry needling, the foam rolling, stretching, uh, the lacrosse ball. Um certain exercises if you've tried all these things and it's not going away then that's that's really the time to be like okay i've tried all these things in theory this should work however i'm still feeling pain and it's still the exact same so that's whenever you start to look at other things where you're like okay my back how's that Uh, my knees how are that or how are they um what's my positioning like do I feel like I have enough mobility, or do I feel like I'm hitting a wall somewhere, or am I am I doing something throughout the day that it's like, okay, I spend so much time in this one position that maybe I'm a little tight. Um, you know, it could be if you're a leg crosser. You know, you might be doing something funky there. Um, as, if you as I sit uncross my legs. <laughs> oh yeah, there it
0: is. I do it. Um, I do it too much. I know. It's funny. I always yeah. fall back to the same one too if i mean i have had
1: people where it's like they'll have knee pain and check them out structurally nothing is going on there's not really even swelling but if you if you look at it they sit with their legs tucked behind them all day long after a heavy squat session so yeah it's probably not going to feel great right um is it the squat session that caused it no is it because you know they're getting stuck in one position, probably. So, you know, um, just looking at other sources and, like, figuring out why and getting to the root of the pain is, is honestly one of the most important and valuable things that you can do when you're trying to train around pain and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think if I've ever had pain that actually was from the actual pain <laughs> area. You know, like, all the times. I think my my worst injury... Uh, was my hip and it was because of my, it was really because of my pelvis and my rib cage kind of thing. Um, and I was doing so much stretching, so much pigeon stretch, hamstring stretch, you know, cause I thought that that would fix it. I did, uh, Graston, I did ART, I did, I did a bunch of shit and it minimally helped. All right. Minim- and mm-hmm. not to knock, the people I went to, I think they did what they could and they they knew. Um, but yeah, once I was able to kind of really realize that I needed to work on other shit, my hip never hurts anymore. Zero pain. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing to me that once I, f- and it was all because of my breathing. Like I really helped out with some of these breathing patterns and then built some uh, strength within that. Um, it all went away. It was like, what in the world? Um, But yeah, I think bodies are weird, bodies are weird. And I think that the overlying uh, message in this episode is that um, if you're not able to kind of really find out what's wrong, you've tried all these measures that maybe you should seek help. Uh, and find other things that are that might be able to help you. Um, and it, whether it's mobility, um, looking at your training if there's too much going on um, because you're not listening to your body or these things, really evaluate those things and kind of go down that checklist um, because the pain might not be coming from where you think it is or it's not relating to the things that you think it is. Uh, and we've kind of talked about how stretching is not necessarily our favorite thing and stretching is yep. probably not one of the things you should be doing. Uh, in order to feel better and that might be a whole another episode I
1: was, I was about to say there's our next one right yeah
0: I would we in we probably could go an hour on stretching but we won't <laughs> but i think we will we'll probably talk about what are the benefits of what what's what's really happening and what's stretching and why it might not necessarily be the first choice if you're trying to be more flexible or mobile or trying to feel better um but yeah. Seek some help because there's probably more going on that you don't know. Um, and you may be making it worse instead of making it better. Right. And I think that's yep. definitely something I, I've done in the past. Um, I, I did. I don't know how many hip flexor stretches when my hip was hurting and it got so much worse. And I just kept yep. powering through it because I thought I need to kind of go through the shit to end up on the other side, which was not true. Uh, Cause I just ended up with more shit and I couldn't, I didn't squat for months because it was, yep. I just didn't listen to my body.
1: Yeah. And that right there is why I have a hard time saying, if you, if you have shoulder pain, do these three totally. things because like it, it really does depend, you know, it's because if you came to me and you're like, Hey, what three exercises can I do for my hip? And I'm like, Oh yeah, just try these. Yeah. But we didn't even talk about like pelvic control or breathing. Like it, wouldn't have done any good. And like you said, probably made it worse. So
0: yeah, it definitely did. And this is funny because I had Dr. Durand, uh, about pelvic. I mean, she's a pelvic floor specialist and she was very adamant about like, I don't give any exercises like do kegels or do this because upon assessment, you find that kegels make it worse. And which is funny because Mm -hmm. I've actually talked to a lot of people who've visited pelvic floor people now. And I find that a lot of us, me heads are too It's too active. Yes. So Kegels will fuck it up, everybody. If you're doing more Kegels, that's going to – and this is your problem where it's so active, you're just going to contribute to more of that uh, urinary incontinence and things like that. So um, wonderful. Yes. This was great. Yes, um, you do assessments, right? Like so they can come and see you Mm -hmm. if you are in person um, and online. Do you do online assessments Mm -hmm. too? Right. We've talked about this. Okay. So if you guys want to, you know, um, want some real help (laughs) – not google <laughs> Yes. uh if you not want some dr. Google. not dr google you can see dr caitlin um thanks again dude we'll, we'll touch base about uh stretching yep. next guys so it'll it, probably be Heck next yeah. month and we'll talk a little bit about what are the benefits and probably more non more cons than benefits <laughs> yes <laughs> and on that note <laughs> on that note bye thanks for having me on yeah. again of course